Manny Ramirez is one of the best free agent signings the Boston Red Sox have ever made. But who are some of the other memorable signings? Find out on today's Locked on Red Sox. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, and I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. Thank you for starting your day off the right way and making the show your first listen of every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Here on Locked On Red Sox, we go through a lot of different emotions. We contemplate what the Red Sox are going to do, how they're going to spend the offseason when the season's going on. We question what's going wrong for the Red Sox more often than what's going right, especially during the 2023 season when so much more went wrong for them than we saw positive things that happened. So I'm here along for the ride, going through the same emotions you are. If you're frustrated, I'm frustrated. If you're mad, I'm mad. If you're happy, I'm happy. No matter what it is, I'm feeling the same thing as you. So if you're looking for a show where you can feel all the same emotions, tune in to Lockdown Red Sox every day on your favorite feed. Happy Friday. You made it to the end of the week. Congratulations. Another day has passed in the Red Sox. Still have yet to make a splash in free agency. I'm hoping that one happens soon because, my gosh, I want to get excited about this team. I've been waiting to get excited. I want them to give me a reason to be excited. And I am just on the edge of my seat over here waiting for them to sign a big pitcher. Because we're waiting for the Red Sox to make some moves and kind of figure out what exactly they want to do with this team. I thought I would just refresh your memory on some of the biggest free agent moves the Red Sox have made in recent memory. Just some moves that the player made an impact on this team, whether that's a positive or negative impact to the point where they are being remembered by Red Sox Nation for one thing or another. And as we look to another free agency period where we hope the Red Sox make a lot of moves, uh, I figured I would just refresh your memory on some. So Manny Ramirez pops into my head as just one of the biggest free agent signings the Red Sox made. They signed him after the 2001 season for eight years, $160 million with two option years on the contract. Reminder, an option year basically means either the team has an option so they can choose if they want to exercise that option on the player to bring them back or not for the next season. 
or there's a player option, which means the player can either choose to exercise their option or not. So there were two option years on his contract. Um, that winter, the Red Sox were up for sale, basically meaning the outgoing ownership was spending someone else's money, essentially. Um, obviously, we know how Manny's career in Boston went he will go down as one of the most memorable players in Red Sox history. He won two World Series with the teams, and there's no doubt that he's one of the best hitters to ever play the game. And had it not been for him, the Red Sox don't win that 2004 World Series. He was a huge part of that, and the Red Sox were going through a period where they – found that spark at the exact right time. And then they went down 3-0 to the Yankees and came back and won the ALCS and then won the World Series. And they were just going off. And they don't do that without Manny. So that is pretty self-explanatory as to the type of contribution he made to this Boston Red Sox organization. But the point is that Players like him can come out of free agency and just be the right fit for your franchise and just put up career numbers that nobody will ever forget. And Manny's one of those players that when you think of the Boston Red Sox, you think of Manny Ramirez. He's one of those guys that will forever be a face of the organization and I don't think there's a single Red Sox fan out there who doesn't appreciate him and what he did for the Boston Red Sox franchise. So that, to me, sticks out like a sore thumb in the best way possible as one of the best free agent signings the Red Sox have ever made in their history. Another notable player that's more recent on the Boston Red Sox was a major part of a championship run with the team is J.D. Martinez. They signed him before the 2018 season, um, and he absolutely went off during that World Series year. He put up an MVP caliber season in 2018, and then Mookie Betts, his teammate, ended up getting the title, but he came very close to winning it. He almost won the Triple Crown that year as well. Um, he had an elite regular season that season, but was even better in the postseason than he was during the regular season. He averaged 36 homers and 111 RBIs in full-length seasons during his time with the Boston Red Sox. Besides the COVID year in 2020, didn't really have a down year in his time in Boston. If you think about 2018, 2019, 2021, those seasons were all very solid for him, and he was able to do a lot to contribute. And then 2022 was a little bit of a rougher season for him, and then they didn't bring him back in 2023, and then he went off with the Dodgers in 2023. But that 2018 team broke the record for most single season wins in Red Sox history. And they don't do that without JD. When there were runners on base, JD was the one I wanted at the plate because more often than not, he would drive in those runs. And when I think of the Boston Red Sox in 2018, 
he and Mookie were the heart of that team. And when they signed him, I didn't have as high of expectations for him as what actually played out and the type of player he actually turned into. So I'm very appreciative for what he did for the Boston Red Sox in his time here. Another memorable free agent contract for the Red Sox that is on the opposite end of the spectrum and was one of the worst signings the team has ever made was Pablo Sandoval. The Red Sox signed him after the 2014 season to a five-year, $95 million deal. The team had finished last in two of the previous three seasons, and they were basically desperate to win back the fan base. They had lost a lot of interest after that stretch of finishing in last place. So I think them signing Sandoval, the idea behind that was they liked his nickname, which was Panda, and they thought maybe that would be glamorous to the fans in some way. But he actually ended up being the opposite of that. Over the course of two and a half seasons, he performed significantly poorly compared to what he was expected to do. And his signature moments with the Red Sox had nothing to do with on-field play. And I can't think of a lot of other times that the Red Sox signed a player that they had so many high hopes for, thinking that he would be a key piece to the puzzle for the team, for that player to significantly disappoint by the time they got here. I mean, it's unbelievable to me how bad that signing was. And it's just absolutely wild that he was just never able to figure it out. It was sad and it was tough, but it was one of the worst contracts that I can remember for the Boston Red Sox and free agency. Coming up, I'm going to be revealing a few more players who you may remember as having contributions for the Boston Red Sox. Were they good contributors, bad contributors? You'll find out next. Whatever level you're at in your sports betting career, whether you've been knee-deep in it for a while, you're just starting out and you're trying to familiarize yourself with it, or you haven't even gotten into it and you're trying to learn more about it, FanDuel is a great way to get your feet wet in sports betting. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers to stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I know I always talk about how great FanDuel really is, and there are a lot of everydayers on this show who have gotten more and more hooked on FanDuel because of it and have come to me and said, I love FanDuel. I've been winning so much money on it. So they are speaking from personal experience. It works. It gives you the best options that you can possibly get for sports betting, and you are able to win so much money doing it. So I highly recommend FanDuel for anybody interested in just getting into it because it's very forgiving. You can win a lot of money 
And if you're really serious about making it something that you can win a more sustainable amount of money on, head to FanDuel, bet on different sports, branch out, don't be afraid. It will help guide you through. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Also download the SiriusXM app because you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your feed. The Locked On Podcast Network is all about being here for you. We are your team every day. So I am here for you Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed. But SiriusXM is also here for you to give you that broadcast so that you can listen to the podcast before you start your workday and then be excited about the Red Sox game at night after you finish your workday. And if you can't watch it live, you can tune in via the SiriusXM app. Just search Red Sox and you can get the home broadcast of every game straight to your feed. So you absolutely should take advantage of that. In talking about the most memorable free agent signings for the Boston Red Sox in their team's recent history, Carl Crawford is a player that sticks out to me as one of the worst free agent contracts the Red Sox have come up with. He signed after the 2010 season to a seven-year, $142 million contract. His career in Boston, he produced a batting average of 260, 292 on base percentage and 419 slugging with 14 home runs and 75 RBIs. The Red Sox spent so much time trying to get to know Crawford and research him before they signed him. It was a crazy amount of time that was invested in him. They wanted to know so many things about him, including the off the field stuff. And it was crazy how bad of a fit he really was. But the Red Sox still wanted him and if they had gotten Tampa Bay Carl Crawford it would have been a much better signing but he didn't even come close to the same player that he was in Tampa Bay and when the Red Sox found out that the Dodgers were willing to take the remainder off of his deal off of their hands they were like thank god like let's part ways with this guy please he did not do anything that was productive in Boston. He put together just some very poor at-bats. And if you're sitting there having multiple chances on a team that really felt like they believed in you more than they should have, and you are not able to perform at all, that's disappointing. And so I'm looking at Carl Crawford and saying, I don't know what the Red Sox were thinking there, but for whatever reason, they thought they were going to get this really nasty player that they had seen in Tampa Bay, and it just straight up didn't work out. So that, to me, was one of the worst signings that, in recent memory, the Red Sox pursued. On the opposite end of the spectrum, I would say a good positive signing that the Red Sox made was David Price. On December 4th, 2015, he signed a seven-year $217 million deal with Boston, which was a franchise record for a player. He recorded a win in his debut with the team on April 5th, 2016. Um, 
he significantly improved in the second half of the season that year. In his first 18 starts, he had an 8-6 and six record with a 464 earned run average and was able to finish the season at a 399 ERA with a 17-9 and nine record. He led the American League with 230 innings pitched and 227 hits allowed. He also recorded 228 strikeouts to mark the second highest in his career. So he had a good 2016 season, and fans felt a little bit up and down on him because of his injury history. He couldn't really stay healthy a lot in 2017 um, and didn't get to pitch a lot. He made his season debut in May of 2017 and then got in a verbal altercation with Dennis Eckersley on June 29th. That kind of gave him a little bit of a bad rep. So fans at that point turned against him a little bit. And then on July 28th, he got injured again and then returned to the team on September 14th and was used as a reliever for the rest of the season. So I think fans were feeling a little bit negative about him after the 2017 season and saying, why did we sign this guy? I don't really want much to do with him. But then in 2018, one of my favorite years of Red Sox baseball, he was a World Series champion with the team. He basically fessed up to the whole situation with Dennis Eckersley and took responsibility for his portion of that. He said he wishes he had handled the situation differently and was determined to win over the fan base and the Boston Red Sox as a whole because he felt like he could pitch better than he did in 2017. And he was unbelievable in the postseason that year. He did get injured early on in the season, but in the postseason, he just absolutely went off, and I think he had it in his head to be locked in and show the fans that he – was capable of more than what they had been seeing. He started game two of the division series against the Yankees, where he allowed three runs on three hits and was removed after one and a third innings. But he improved after that because he then started game two of the ALCS against the Astros, and the Red Sox won that game seven to five. He pitched four and two-thirds innings, allowing four runs, five hits, and four walks. And then he had to start again on only three days rest when Chris Sale became unavailable to start game five. So it was a challenge for him, but he had one of his best starts I've ever seen from him. He held Houston scoreless through six innings and only allowed three hits while striking out nine batters. That was the game that the Red Sox clinched their trip to the World Series. And it was also David Price's first win in 12 career postseason starts and his third postseason win overall. Then the Red Sox went on to the World Series and he started game two, holding the Dodgers to two runs on three hits and three walks over six innings while striking out five. And he earned the victory in that game too. He also came in in relief in game three and pitched scoreless. So if you take all of that into consideration, yes, his 2017 season was rough, but it's hard to argue that you wouldn't have wanted David Price on the team during that 2018 run. He pitched very well against the Astros and against the Dodgers, and those were two 
potent lineups in 2018. Those were two teams that had some of the best offensive weapons in baseball and he was able to come in and completely shut down those lineups so that's very telling of his ability um and it was just so cool to see the way that he maneuvered through that postseason and i think he earned a lot of respect back from fans for that so because of his performance in 2018 i have to put david price as one of the better free agent signings that the Red Sox executed. Coming up, who are the next three notable players that the Red Sox signed? I haven't mentioned one very big one yet, so that's coming up next. Locked On has a very exciting opportunity. They have officially launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This is very exciting for everybody involved in Locked On because no other sports podcasting network or TV network has this. Locked On is the first network to do this. So if you've always been wishing that you had an easy way to catch up on sports when you miss things live, you can just subscribe to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and it will have you covered for the latest in all sports, everything that's going on, so you don't have to feel like you're missing anything. So subscribe to Locked On Sports today. Also, don't forget that the Locked On Podcast Network is here for you, your team every day. Subscribe to Locked On Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform. Share the show with friends and family who also enjoy the Red Sox as much as you do, because I am here Monday through Friday giving you new Boston Red Sox content and also bringing some guests on. Tune in next week as I will be having a couple special guests on the show. So you won't want to miss those. So make sure that you're subscribed and follow me on Twitter at Gabby Robot 10 and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox because I will always be here to interact. I'm always open to starting new conversations on Twitter about this Red Sox team. And you can connect with other fans that way too. So Follow me on Twitter, follow the show on Twitter, and we will have a good time, I promise, because talking Red Sox baseball can be fun, even when it doesn't seem like it is. So follow me on the show on Twitter and subscribe to Lockdown Red Sox wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's show, I'm talking about some of the most memorable free agent signings the Boston Red Sox have made, and there's so many players that you can put into this discussion, but I'm trying to highlight some of the biggest ones, some of which were bad, some of which were great for the Red Sox, just to give you an idea of free agency, the types of players that the Red Sox could be going after this year. And they might not always work out. Sometimes they don't, and that's obviously a bummer, but it is what it is. So I'm talking about players who made an impact in which you would remember them. One player who wasn't a bad signing for the Boston Red Sox was Keith Folk. On October 27th, 2003, he became a free agent. And 2004, 
was his first season with the team. He was absolutely dominant that year. He recorded 32 saves and 39 opportunities while also recording 79 strikeouts and a 217 earned run average across 83 innings. In the playoffs that year, he appeared in 11 of 14 games, throwing 257 pitches over 14 innings. He pitched a lot in that playoffs, but the Red Sox really needed him. He racked up 19 strikeouts and over the whole World Series stretch, only allowed one earned run total. He was absolutely fantastic in the World Series, just a minuscule 180 earned run average. But his most important work was in the ALCS against the Yankees when he pitched in five games and didn't allow a single run in any of them. When the Red Sox did go down 3-0 in the series, he threw 100 pitches over the next three days to help the team force Game 7. And he was also on the mound when the final out was made in the 2004 World Series. So that's something he'll always be remembered for by Red Sox Nation. But that 2004 season is the sole reason why he's one of the best free agent signings the Boston Red Sox have made in their history because they absolutely don't win that postseason without him. He was absolutely marvelous holding runners from scoring, and it allowed the Red Sox and their machine of an offense that they had to just go off and win those games. So they absolutely don't win without Folk. So he's one of those players that I have to put in here. Another recent player the Red Sox signed that was a major surprise in a great way was Justin Turner. On January 6th, 2023, he signed a contract with the Red Sox for the 2023 season, and it also included a player option for 2024, and he had a career year in Boston. In 146 games, he hit 276 with 23 home runs and 96 RBIs. He did opt out of his player option for 2024 and became a free agent. But I don't blame him because he needs to go out and explore and see what's out there and see the type of money he might get. Because since he had one of his best seasons in 2023, his value is pretty high now. And he still might end up back in Boston if the Red Sox decide they might want to bring him back and re-sign him. But that might not happen. He might go elsewhere. But either way, he did what was best for him. And he just had one of his best seasons during the 2023 year in Boston. And I'm looking at that season and saying, because of him, the Red Sox were able to stay above water. And he was just a great clubhouse leader for the team as well. And that part often goes unnoticed or just so much more underrated. So I'm looking at Justin Turner and saying, he helped maintain the well-being of the team as well as being Mr. Clutch, as I like to call him, and was that guy who was delivering so much in crucial situations with the Red Sox having runners on base and needing somebody to come in and drive in runs. Turner was the one who I knew could consistently do that. So I'm a big fan of Justin Turner. I did not expect it to be nearly what it was for him in 2023, but he had one of his best seasons ever. And he was just outstanding for Boston. A player who 
is just the most memorable player probably in Red Sox history and will forever be the face of the Boston Red Sox franchise is Big Poppy, David Ortiz. <laughs> Love my guy. He's the best. Um, his situation was a little bit more unique, though, um, because he ultimately became a free agent since he got released because the 2002 offseason was a time when the twins had to really evaluate what they wanted to do with him. He had made $950,000 and would have likely been granted around $2 million for 2003. So instead of negotiating a contract or go to arbitration, the twins decided to release him as a cost cutting move on December 16th. Um, because they weren't able to work out a trade for him. So in parts of six seasons, totaling 455 games with the Twins, he hit 58 home runs and had 238 RBIs. So then players like him are going to draw interest because obviously he didn't really go off until he went to Boston, but he was good enough. He had power and Teams knew that, so it made him more desirable. So in 2003, after his release from the Twins, he had a chance encounter with Pedro at a restaurant in the DR, and Pedro remembered a home run that Ortiz had hit off of him in August of 2002. So then Pedro started making calls to Red Sox team officials saying that they should sign Ortiz. They listened, and then he signed a non-guaranteed free agent contract with the Red Sox that would be worth $1.25 million if he made the team. And Theo Epstein, who was new at the time, envisioned him as one of several players to help fill a void that the Red Sox had at first base at the time. And then, sure enough, we all know what happened with him. Absolutely just went off took over for that team during the 2013 World Series. He just put that team on his back, and he was just so loved by all of Boston. And there's not enough words that can really describe what he did here. He hit so many home runs. He was an absolute machine, including some huge, memorable home runs during his time in Boston. It's just hard not to say that wasn't one of the best signings the Red Sox have made. People don't always look at it in the same category as some of the others because the way he got here was a little bit different, but you have to mention Ortiz in there. So all in all, the Red Sox have signed some memorable free agents over their time in recent memory when they've had their success. But the question becomes, will they spend money on those types of players this offseason only time will tell, but I'm really hoping they will. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Sports today on YouTube as Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's very exciting. It will keep you caught up on all things going on in all sports, and you won't regret it. And also don't forget to download the SiriusXM app so you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your phone so you don't have to worry about missing a single pitch. And that's the best feeling in the world when you know you'll have a way to 
stay caught up in the game, even if you have to miss watching it live. So download the SiriusXM app today. Like I always say, keep the faith, go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.